guys. Welcome to the Laying Foundations podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Walker Lott. What's up, Mr. Walker Lott? What is up, Davis, comma, Hambrick? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we're getting Hambrick, weirder and weirder. Davis. I got it. I got it backwards. Yeah, we're getting a little, little strange on these intros. We might need to shape it up a little bit. Uh, man, we had a cool guest today. His name is Adam Hoots. Uh, another lean guy. We've had a couple couple lean guys in the past on a roll. Uh, past couple episodes, I guess you could say. But man, he was he was awesome. He was a hoot. You like what I did there? <laughs> no, he was uh he was awesome. He was a really cool dude, knows a ton. He's been in the industry for he said this is his 20th year. Uh so he definitely has a ton of experience and just a passion for trade. It was really cool to see. You know, he started out as a plumber. And then he ended up going into the GC route. Now he kind of consults, kind of does GC route, does a little bit of everything, does something with human, what is it, human collaborative robots. Uh, we didn't get right. into that on the show, but I'm interested to look that up. Uh, right. Sells in the medical medical uh, uh, colleges, I, I think. But, man, he does, like I said, he does a little bit of everything. Really cool dude. Had a ton of fun. What you think about it? Man, he's a, a high performer. He's kind of a lot, That's a right. lot like Jason Schroeder right. about – him challenging us with reading a book a week. This guy reads two books a week. That was or, or like he says, listens. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Audio book. Yeah. So, but we'll get off the whole reading, reading book soapbox. But then what I loved about him was how he has all these different experiences. He was a plumber. Yeah. He went to the architecture side. He went and changed his degree at junior year, which, hey, man, that, that's pretty scary. I know about that. But then Definitely. he went into being a PM at Wadding and Turner, and now he's working kind of in the lean world. I mean, he's just done a lot. There's a lot to learn from Adam. And like you said, what a hoot he was. Well, man, we'll let y'all get to the show and listen to Adam. Like I said, just tune in. He's got a ton of great stuff. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, Adam Hoots. Welcome to the show, brother. We are really excited for you to be here. Excited to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, just to start off with, like every week, wh- who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? So thanks, Walker. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, Davis as well. appreciate y'all allowing me this platform. Uh, so as you said, I am Adam Hoots. Uh, hey, y'all. I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, so we are uh, in the home of Clemson, right? That might be a little offensive to, to some of the other folks around. Where you There you go. Hey, I can respect <laughs> that. Uh, you got the right side of Alabama, at least. Um, but yeah, so I am. Uh, so I am a construction manager. I guess I'm a lean enthusiast, if you will. Uh, I started as a plumber at 17. So so I'm an advocate for our trades. Um, and, you know, I, I spent two years, two and a half years plumbing. I was a plumber's helper, and uh, it was kind of my dad's way of saying, you're going to college and you're going to graduate. And so I did, and I thought I wanted to be an architect. Uh, I got a, one exacto cut too many, and I was like, forget this stuff. I'm not very theoretical. So uh, I went back to construction, and I found construction management. And, man, I've, uh, I've fallen in love um, for East Coast to West Coast. I've been in nine states in, in 20 years. This is my 20th year practicing in construction, and um you know, just being able to get out and, and, you know, I've been pretty much on the office side for the most part, uh, but I'm always that office guy that's in the field and and the superintendents, you know, we're brainstorming, having fun, making, you know, solving problems, getting to know the workers. To me, that's where it's at, right? I love pushing information or decisions down to where the information is, right? Allow, empower the people on the front lines to really innovate, to really make things happen. And so, that's my life. You know, I, I helped found uh, Skilled Trades Alliance here 
in South Carolina and we're really starting to take that thing nationwide. And so, yeah, I, I've got, man, um, from collaborative ro- human collaborative robots for life science companies to building things, to coaching teams, to you name it. Uh, got a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of hats that I wear on a daily basis. And uh, again, just here to challenge myself to get better, do more and honor, honor God and put good energy into the world while I'm here. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, Walker. That's awesome, man. I love that. Uh, you know, going back to your story, let's go back to the plumbing side. I know you mentioned that you're only there for about three years, if I remember correctly, but what was it like? Cause I mean, obviously if you started out being a plumber when you were 17, that, Hey, that was young. And that's our audience. We're trying to get as many people as we can that want to go and try that. What was it like? What was your experience being a plumber's helper? So if you're 17 uh, and you get a big shiny box that's like professionally wrapped from your father, who's a senior superintendent at Whiting Turner, don't open it. Ooh, <laughs> Leave it alone. It's a it's a pair of boots, a hard hat, a vest and safety glasses and, and, and probably a job, you know, job application. So, um, so, it, so that was kind of my father's like funny way of saying you're going to go to college and get a degree. Um, you know, I'm a little disappointed in him because you know, that that's kind of what the whole world is saying, right? Like everybody's got to go to college, got to go to college. And it's just simply not true. Um, there, there are plenty of awesome, fantastic careers out there where you can challenge yourself and get into some different things. So I, I'll tell you, um, as a plumber, the life as a plumber, it was really, really difficult, especially being, in high school, I was actually plumbing a high school. There were ditches where I was hopping in and repairing pipes where no human should be uh, in those ditches. And just the, the lack of respect for me as a person, uh, not just from the people around me, but also myself, like riding home in the summer in Orlando and smelling the way I did after being in those ditches all day. It just was, wasn't a good look at all. And so it was a tough life. Um, but, but you know, it, it was a tough life that really taught me a lot. And, and, you know, beforehand we were talking about experiential learning and, and man, how, how important is that to actually get in there and, and be able to take care of somebody's problem that, you know, right. other folks just have no idea what to do. Right. And what was it like? I mean, you talked about it being, uh, you know, well, let me back up. It, it's like, you know, we want to encourage people to go do that. Cause you're right. It's not the only way you don't have to be, have a college degree to get in, into construction. You know, I want to encourage young folks that, you know, don't think they're cut out for college, go try to find that, that skilled trade. Like you, like you talked about, but what was it like? You kind of explained it, but what is it like going from that side where you had a bad experience and now you're trying to encourage people to get into it? How is that? Yeah, that's a great question, Davis. Um, And it's something that I, I, I get super passionate. So you might have to watch me here. Um, But I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge lean advocate. Right. And I hate the word lean, but, um, you know, we talked about we talk about respect for people and people's existence. And so I've gone you know, from in that ditch as a plumber's helper to just about every position through construction, whether it's, you know, call it foreman, call it superintendent, project engineer, project manager, uh, senior project manager, project executive, operation like director. I've been in all of these different seats. And so I now have the opportunity to change that environment. Hmm. And so it's funny, I was talking to a gentleman named Ray Terry who runs a radio show in Charlotte and he talks about the skilled trades and I'm going to be on there this weekend. Uh, He graciously invited me. I'm so excited. Uh, But he and I, you know, he's 70 years old and and I'm, I'm 37 now and he's, 
he and I get on the phone and we're just like so passionate and you can just feel the veins. And we were talking today and um, I stopped. He's like, we got to change the image of the skilled trades. And he's like, we got to change the image and change the image. And I'm like, you know what? Forget the image. Like we don't have to change the image. We got to change the skilled trades. And so Davis, I think that's what you're touching on. It's like, man, we, you know, I almost feel guilty running around saying, Hey, come join the skill trades, join the skill trades. And then you get there in day one, it's like mm-hmm. pile of crap boy. And, uh, you know, go swim around, you know, it's, it's just the disrespect is real. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if we want folks to come and join the skill trades, we've got to make it attractive. We've got to make it, you know, a learning environment where people are getting better, where, where people actually see and understand that, you know, doctors heal because of skilled trade workers. That's right. Uh, judges are able to instill justice because of skilled trade workers and, and society works because of us. And, um, but they don't respect us like that. And that's because we have a lack of respect internally uh, in the industry. And, you know, when, when a supervisor walks by a guy who's, you know, breaking his neck and doesn't even acknowledge him, smile, say hi, we got a problem. And, you know, when, when we're forcing folks to use porta johns that haven't been cleaned in two weeks, we got a problem. And so we need to fix that internally. And so you're, you're touching on a passion of mine, Davis, that, yeah, we're not just changing the image because it is a bad image out there, but there's also that image has been created because there's a lack of respect as well. And so, you know, we, when, when we talk about solving, you know, root cause problems, that's it. We've got to go and, and deliver some respect to the skill traits so that we can make it attractive, make it, make it fun, may have fun environments where people enjoy each other right. and, and learn on a daily basis. So, yeah. yeah. And Adam, you know, we had someone on, I don't know if you know, Jennifer Lacey. Oh, had her, Jennifer. She's, she's awesome. Amazing. We had her yeah, on yeah. earlier this week and she just talked about how construction is a, an industry. Obviously all industries are, but it's an industry founded with people, but we haven't taken the time to invest in our own people. We, we, we just, like you said, that person, the supervisor walks by and sees a guy busting his tail and he doesn't even acknowledge him or he just, walks by him and acts like he's nothing. You know, we have to do a better job. Me, you, Walker, and Adam have to do a better job at making it a better industry for a guy. So for recruiting them to come in that, hey, this is an industry that they do want to come into. So I, I love that point. And Walker, I'm going to let you take it. I'm just, you're, you're getting to me too. I'm passionate about skilled trades. I was this close to not finishing college and I, you know, I could have ended up being there too. I love it. I think it's awesome. You know, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Adam, because I've been on job sites where, honestly, most of the trademen, tradesmen are just kind of stepped over and thought of as, you know, third-rate citizens, to be honest, even though they are the only reason why this building is being built. I mean, sure, you have the GC who's managing the job, but without the skilled trades there, you're not going to have a concrete foundation forward or a wall put up or a roof applied. You know, like this, you, you, can't, you can't have a building without the trades. I mean, they go hand in hand. And so why would you treat them anything differently than you would treat another PM or super or, you know, estimator, you name it. It's like my favorite thing is when you see someone and you hear them talking, if you see someone talking to the laborer on the job site, the exact same way they're talking to the owner of the, you know, the company that they're working for, then you're like, all right, cool. I know that you, you got your priorities straight. You know what you value people more than you value the project. You know, that's awesome. So Adam, in your opinion, what ways are you kind of, what areas, what ways, how are you trying to change the stigmatism of the, of the skilled trades? Yeah, it's empowering people. Right. And so it's, which means that you've got to learn from them. 
each one of those people, right? And so I've got a lot of knowledge to share. I've been in the industry for 20 years this year. I mentioned that earlier, but I am constantly switching my hat from learner to teacher. And whether that means I'm learning something about somebody personally, uh, like where are you from or how many family members do you have or you know, what do you like to do in your free time? Or if I'm teaching something like, the five, you know, the five S or the eight ways or you know, last planner system or tact planning or any like, it, there's a value there, right? Where I approach every single conversation or interaction with what can I learn out of this? And, and so, um, I mean, that, that's, that's really where my mind sits at the moment is looking at every interaction, whether like if I'm sitting down at dinner and I've got a waitress that comes over to me, it's like, what am I going to learn from this waitress right now? Like that, right. that's how you, when, and when you approach life like that, that it, it um, man, there's so much because there's so much out there, right. That you'll never consume it all. And so to have that constant need for inquiry over advocacy is, is so important in my life. Awesome. I like that inquiry over advocacy. You it's know, I, I like that. We've said it before. I, honestly, I genuinely believe that, that you can learn something from every single person you meet, good or going. bad. That's where I was going. Like it's it. You, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's going to be good. You know, you could learn something that you're like, man, I am not going to model how I live my life that way in some areas. Honestly, so it's it's. It, some people are like, yeah, you can learn from them, but they're like, well you don't it's not it's not one it's not necessarily one way you know there's things to learn from everything and it's either how not to do something or how to do something that's right yeah you know? there's a superintendent i worked with at bmw uh brett Pittman with dpr he used to say i told you i could be used as an example i just never said it was a good one <laughs> i love that that's awesome what we found this podcast on was wanting to be a lifelong learner kind of transitioning you know talking about your path in construction you talked about designing a little bit, being in the architectural realm. What did you do while you were in that realm? So I started as, so I actually went, <clears throat> when I was, I went to school to be an architect. Um, and while I was doing that, I said, oh, I'm just going to go get a job with an architectural firm. So I rolled up into one. I was like, hey, I'm here. Like, saw the ad. <clears throat> you know, this is back when we had job ads for what that's worth. Uh and I was like, hey, you know, I'm here for the job. Like, when when do I start? I pretty much approach it like I already have the job. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we only have a secretary position. It's like, that's fine. Great. Like, I'll do this. So I answered phones and filed stuff and did that for a while. Stayed afterwards, learned, like, how to do red lines in AutoCAD. And before I knew it, I just, like, picked up the phone, started cold calling general contractors. Hey, I've got, you know, design services. Do you do design build work? You know, and, and so kind of learned it full realm from that perspective. And, and um Again, you know, feeling that pressure of trying to print drawings last minute, it's midnight, we're trying to spit them out because the guy's got to stamp them and now he's signing them and I'm stamping them. And like, that wasn't for me. Uh, the lie. Like, I'm, I'm not a very theoretical person. I'll enjoy the theory of like production science and things like that. But when it's like making up feelings and talking about beliefs, that's just not my stuff. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I quickly realized the architectural world was not for me. Dude, I love that about you. You got this just go out and do it attitude that we talk about all the time. I mean, seriously, you literally walking in, you're like, yeah, I got a secretary position. All right, sure. Why not? And then you proceed, you know, most people would be like, I'm, I don't want to work in that position. I'm not a secretary, but you're like, shoot, why not? I can right. learn when I'm here. I don't, I don't necessarily, necessarily. Yeah, exactly. I don't necessarily have to, you know, just focus on being a secretary. I can be one, do the best job I can. And also, 
learn from the architects there because they have experience and knowledge to give me. I love that. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So when did you decide to make the transition from like, I know you just said, I don't want to be an architect anymore. So after that, what was, what did you jump into from that? So you said you went to school for architecture. Did you change your major or did you? I did. So my, my junior year, I changed from a master's of architecture and I was freaking out. Like I just got to get out of school. I want to job like, I got to get through this stuff. And so I got, I went to my academic uh, advisor and I was like, what am I closest to? And she's like, oh, uh, communications. I was like, communications. That's what all the football players are. Cause I went to school, like was going to play football and first semester was practice. Like it was just not good. So I was like communications. I, all right, I can do it. And then, so then it was a public and cultural communications, which I find so interesting. And anyway, so I ended up taking an interview communication class and had to do a mock interview with a local executive. And, and so immediately I called my dad, who again works for Whiting Turner. I was like, hey, who's the executive in Tampa? We're at USF. And uh, so I went and interviewed with him and walked out with a job. That was pretty awesome. Uh, in construction management. Yeah. That's As awesome. a public and cultural communications guy. There you go. It's just another thing we talk about too, Adam, is that there's a lot of people in our industry that they didn't know how they really got there or they didn't go to school for construction and they just stumbled into it. It's like, what if we could attract people from my early age and, you know, they planned a man, I do want to choose correction as this career instead of, you know, three guys just kind of, kind of sort of getting there. I went from civil engineering to, to business, to liberal arts to finally I got into, you know, construction. And so, that path of how you get there for everybody's different. I love to hear that, but let's talk about some of the lean side. I know you said you don't like the word lean. I want to ask you about that later, but you know, what is that? Because I, I know, you know, going back to Jen, Jennifer Lacey and what you said earlier, you know, the whole point of it is to, it's a foundation of respect for people. And, you know, Walker and I talk about this a lot. It's, you know, just being a compassionate human, you know, we are followers of Christ and we know that, you know, Jesus walked the earth as a compassionate person and how you love people, how you talk to people, how you interact, like how you do that one thing. If you can do that well, then you're going to be able to be whatever you want to be in life, not just in the construction issue. Just talk about, you know, what are, what are these next steps? You talk about skill trades alliance. I know about construction, eight solutions. Tell me about what you're doing. So <clears throat> Davis, I, so respect for people is a good thing. But I think respect for people's existence is something totally different. Um, and when when that really registers with people, it's like, okay, I can respect somebody. And then I can respect them that that God put them on this earth as an equal to me. And, and you know, that that's all things aside, whether that's religion or race or sex or insert your thing here, right? They, like creation, right? Like not even like human, like animal, like take everything – that, that, and so as a person or a human of creation, it's our duty to put good into the world. This podcast, the next like 45 minutes are going to go flying by because we're all like just connected and, and you know, we're, we're allowing each other to take control. Like there's no one part of any of us that's dominating the conversation and we're enjoying this dialogue and, and we're all speaking the same language. And so when we can learn to kind of be in state and, and be in the moment and um, engaged and, and uh, 
leveling, like elevating other people, as Miss Jen Lacey would say. And, and I'm like, I love the fact that you brought her name up in this conversation. I talk to her once a week. Uh, she is an amazing, and, and that's like four or five o'clock in the morning once a week because we're both crazy busy and can't ever get on each other's schedule. And so <laughs> it's just like, man, and those conversations are the same way. It's like you blink and an hour goes by and, and you haven't even talked about what you came to talk about because you're still like having small talk. And, and it's just like a true respect for people's existence and you want to know everything. And um, again, it's that inquiry, right? It's like, I'm not approaching even this kind of like, I'll lose my train of thought so many times because I just follow the conversation so close that it's like, you know, I've got five post-it notes written down of things that I wanted to tell you guys, but the conversation has moved on so fast that, and I'm okay with that, right? Like, let's continue, like, because that's where, like, we're all learning here together. And when you come with something with inquiry versus advocacy, you like, you, you really are undiscovered, you're discovering it versus like, hey, I want to take it this way. Like, let's drive back this way. I'll pause for reflection there because I I need to do that to myself often. And again, I'm, I'm a big advocate of that's when we learn. I just want, I wanted to ask about what about the, I don't know, construction egg solutions. What are you doing with, with that, with that company? Yeah, definitely. Um, so trying to help folks understand what lean is and, and apply it. Uh, and really that's through three things. Um, yeah, the, the industry is so painful that, that, we need some solutions and we've got them. There are systems out there that work. And so when we can take and help people understand uh, flow efficiency over resource efficiency, huge win. And you can take and visualize that and everything else associated with the job and create scoreboards on project sites where you get this like healthy competition, major win. Then when we can focus on continuous improvement or learning, that's it. Right there, those that that's the magic bullet, right? When you understand what flow efficiency means over resource efficiency, and you can visualize things, and you continuously improve and get better in your systems, that that's it. And and so with Construction Inc. Solutions, I'm helping folks with tack planning, you know, project recovery. We're coming in, we're training, we're coaching teams. I've got uh, three three superintendents that we're coaching right now. Uh, and they're just killing it and they're loving it. And it's, you know, weekly reflections where we get to hit the pause button and I can help them with whatever that task is. If it's, you know, you got a pool plan coming up and you need some help preparing for that, or we want to take and put a tact plan together to understand the science behind what you need to produce to the end of the job. It's that that's what we're doing. And it's really passing the word out and making things easier and clearer all the way down to the worker level. So that the person who's adding the value, right? You talked a little bit about that earlier, Davis, the, the value creator, right? Because a lot of PMs and superintendents are, you know, they're value add, um, but they're not direct value add. And so really trying to make things clear for the worker, trying to create environments and behaviors where the workers can thrive, be happy, and, and um, get better with what they do on a daily basis. Adam, why do you, where, where do you think the, oh, let me rephrase that. Why do you think the construction industry has kind of lagged so far behind of other, other industries and kind of areas like that? Because I know lean has to deal with, or sorry, the L word, it has to deal with um, a lot of just kind of making things more productive, right? Making, making systems smoother, making efficiency higher. So why do you think it's kind of taken this long to change some of the systems and areas in construction that that they've had for years upon years? You know, so just now it's becoming more of like a I don't think it's 
you know, I okay. Here's a good example. So we had Jason Schroeder on on our on the show uh, last Another week. One of my faves. Yeah, he's awesome. And so one thing he said was, if you are a superintendent that's working more than fifty hours a week, then you're doing it all wrong. And that was something I've never thought about before. I haven't been in construction very long, and Davis and I both. But that is, you know, that's something I came in thinking that that was a given. That if you, as a super or construction, you work 60, 70 hours a week, right? But I'm, or Jason comes in here changing it up, saying you shouldn't be working more than fifty. And I'm like, man, I honestly never thought about that. I thought construction had to be you're working all the time. You got to give early. You got poor things. So. You know, where do you think that that why do you think that the change is so far behind of other industries in that area? That's a good question. Uh, for me personally, I think we don't focus on capability development enough. I think we're so squarely focused on productivity. It's sickening. Um, we we had there's this men's mindset or mentality of, you know, just get things done, just get it done. I don't care how you get it done. Just go out in the field and get yeah. it done. And um, I, I, a lot of like that old school mentality of, uh, you know, you're going to fear me to respect me. Um, it, it's still alive and prosperous. And so we don't, um, we don't harvest the ideas from the front lines. We don't communicate with the front lines. We, we, we simply don't go out and say, you know, have a conversation with the folks that are hanging the drywall or painting them. Yeah. Like, we just don't do that. And and so, um, I mean, that's my best guess, Walker. Like, it, I think if you had the answer to that, that that you would really be onto something. Um, but that's my guess, and, and that's those are the things that I'm working to change in the industry. Those are the things that you asked about. You know, coaches is what we go by construction ache solutions. You sort certain yeah. the construction to co ache and s, and you've got coaches. And and so we really are trying to focus on bringing back respect for that craft worker, for that tradesman or woman who who's out there in the field laboring to put the job together. And, and again, when we can empower that person to pull the Japanese andon cord, right? That's the thing that stops the whole manufacturing line, the whole line, one worker. Any worker can pull that. Until we have an and online in construction, we're going to keep on. We're just going to be behind the, the industry, all other industries, from a productivity perspective. So we've just we, we've got to empower the worker, and we've got to focus on developing their capabilities. Yeah, I, I think you have a great point, Davis. Real quick, like I was, Davis is is really good at, at what he does at, at Brassfield, and I think a big reason. And it goes to what you were saying. A, a big, honestly, we've talked about on the show before. A big reason is pride. Honestly, like construction industry in general has a ton of pride because it's mostly men, and men are very, very prideful. Because I know I am for sure, right? Banger chest, yeah, I'm better than you type stuff. And but what I love about Davis is he he's very good at putting that aside. And so I know on his job sites, he'll just go up to the guys and be like, "Look, I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing." I'm not going to straight up tell you what to do. I'm going to make sure the job's done. I'm going to manage it, right? But he'll, he'll go up to all the subs on there and say, what are you doing? You know, like, how are you doing this? Show me the way that you're doing this. I want to learn from you, and I'm going to respect you. And so you, I ask that you respect me, and we'll run this job smoothly. Smoothly, We're not going to go to the superintendent or PM unless there is a problem that we all cannot solve together. You know, we're not going to bring anyone into it. We're going to solve it like men instead of, going behind each other's back or or 
trying to solve it by doing it a different way than just talking it out, right? And I, I, that's, I love that about Davis. And I think that we can bring that more into different job sites, to different industries. And that's, that's a huge solution to it. Yeah, giving up that control of I have all the answers. Um, I, I, you know, yes, amen. Like, and it's so hard to do. And something that uh, Jesse Hernandez, who y'all have also had on the podcast, and I talk about is Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Jesus Hernandez, right, salsa right. dancing plumber. Uh, that's my that's my brother right there. I got a lot of love for him. Uh, also talked to him often. Such a good dude. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, dang, see, I forgot where we were going with that. You got me so side. Where, uh, where were we? Where, why did I even bring Jesse up into this thing now? You were talking about how uh, kind of just swallowed oh, our pride. Giving up control. Yeah, like when you give up control, like even, and, and this is going to screw you guys up, and I, I apologize ahead of time, but at the end of phone call, like Jesse and I just talked about this, at the end of phone calls, not being the last person to say goodbye. Try it. It's hard. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I even do that. I mean, I even do that when I leave a voicemail on, right. on, on people's phone. Like I left a couple of voicemails today. I was like, all right, have a great day. Bye. But, you know, <laughs> like, it wasn't, <laughs> I'm not right. even talking to him. Yeah. Give it up. Give up the control. Uh, and again, you know, there, and, and don't get me, don't get me wrong. Like there's certain, there's a level of command and control that you've got to take when, when the project demands it or needs it. Um, but when you're in good shape on a job and you're able to kind of, uh, which we should all be, if we're all tax planning and we're doing the right things and we're holding people accountable to get done what they said they were going to get done in the window that we bought it, then uh, we should have these times to give up control to others to allow them to experience capability development. Right. And so, you know, we're talking about pride and giving up control. And, you know, one of our values for the podcast was uh, welcome feedback, welcome accountability. And behind you, I see this thing over there. It says accountability meter. I, I see you eyeing it earlier. Walk us through that. I'm interested in what you got going on back there. So I was actually eyeballing my uh, Christchurch Episcopal sticker here. Which there you go. It's actually a magnet. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the accountability meter, I actually just did a podcast with Jason on, on the accountability meter. But it, it's just something that I've come up with where, you know, it really helps us to focus on, on the process and not the people. Uh, and so with any process or any job or anything that you're going through, um, I could actually, here, let me do this. This would probably be better. I'll just, can I share my screen? Can you guys enable it so I can share yep. it? So here's a better shot at it. Uh, so you don't have to look at the wall behind me. Um, but on the right, or uh, I'm sorry, on the left over here, you can see uh, as you're hiring somebody or you're starting a new process, this is where you're making them aware of it. And then you're starting to educate folks on it. And then once you've, they're aware and they're educated, now you got to coach them into doing the process, right? right. And if there's like things still aren't going on, or you're still having problems, then you got to like, hey, look internal. And is my expectation clear? Are things set or like, and maybe even have a third party try the process to make sure that it is clear. And then once you kind of start crossing over this line, then you start looking at the person's behaviors. Like, are there things, are there part of environment that, um, that I need to change to influence this person's behaviors a little bit? more towards leading process and you have some crucial conversations and then maybe you look for another role. You start it back over after they're in a new role. I prefer to go through it twice where, Hey, I'm going to make them aware. I'm going to educate coach, set clear expectations. If they're still not performing, we're going to have a crucial conversation and, and finally an exit interview because that person is just simply not, not fit out and out of respect for that person, 
we're going to find another company for them to work with or out of respect for the other people around that, you know, this person's not doing what they should to help our systems, then we've got to respect the people that uh, are picking up the weight of that and, and allowed separation or termination from that person. So really that's what it is. It's, hey, you know, trying to hold people accountable. And after you've made them aware and you've educated them and you coached them and you sure your expectations are super clear, then it's time to start looking at uh, a person's environment, behavior, and, and then that person and getting them in the right position for them to succeed. So it, it's really kind of a little bit of a scientific way to, to show folks how to hold somebody accountable. That's, that's really cool. I've, I've never seen that before. So it's cool to kind of see that uh, the progression of it. And it makes me think of kind of, you know, because a lot of people go, come into things and they don't have a, uh, well, like you said, awareness of it. That is a good way to put it. But I think it takes some time to really think about that. And accountability is kind of like a skill that you have to work on. I see behind you, you have the, um, the habit chart right there of like forming a new habit, right? Habit loop. And that, that, that I, before I even saw that, that, that made me think of in order to be accountable, you have to make it a habit, right? Cause it's, it's, everything is a habit in life in most things at least. And so accountability is another one of those things. So if you are not accountable, someone can't really trust you to do things until you make up the, your mind that, Hey, I am accountable. People can trust me. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And that's something that you have to work on all the time. You can't give accountability. You have to take yeah. accountability. You can give responsibility, but you can't give accountability. You got to take it. You got to own it. You got to, I mean, you've got to earn it. I like that. That's really good. So how, how have you seen this accountability meter, this, this way that you're coaching and bringing people into this awareness of, Hey, I got to take this accountability and run with it. How have you seen that really, transform different aspects of a company and kind of grow the, grow the employees in that. Well, y'all mentioned it earlier, <clears throat> feedback, right? Um, and on, on all my jobs, I run a circle of trust on the wall where it's like the meet the Fockers. I'm sure you guys, maybe you haven't, where you're either in the circle, or you're out of the circle. And if you're out of the circle, I'm going to tell you why you're leaving a mess. Your stuff's not on wheels. You leave trash all over. You're not getting your tack done yeah. in time. Like I'm going to give you facts on why I don't trust you. And that's direct feedback. And boy, is that hard. Like just allowing that avenue to, to give feedback is really hard. And then also receiving that feedback is, is just as hard. And to simply just say thank you. And, and so, you know, the, the accountability meter for me has, um, it, it's always just kind of been this thing in my head where, and again, this is just something I've created out of the air of, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, Jason and I were talking about adding environments and behaviors, and I really like where he was heading. And, uh, and, and so it, it's just this thing of like, it's an RPM meter, like how hard am I having to work to make somebody else accountable like, or, or mm -hmm. to improve their capabilities? Or, or does this person just get it? Or, or do they want it? Right? Do they have the will to, to be accountable? Because accountability is a two way street. Like I just said, you, you can't, you can't exactly give somebody that. Right. I like that. Yeah, I love the accountability meter because I don't know if you know about Dave Ramsey. I'm a uh, Ramsey Solutions fiend. I, I just love what he does. He but he, in the Entree Leadership Podcast, it's all about, you know, small small businesses. And, uh, you know, they have a coaching service. They have a lot of different things. But long story short, you know, I love that because a lot of people, and I, I think back to being like, you know, most people on a job site, 
people just fire someone and not give them that opportunity to say, hey, like, this is the things you didn't do well. This is what I need you to do. And so you defining that or you're showing, you know, the different steps. I love that accountability meter. So he talked about, Dave Ramsey, it's like you're defining what they do wrong or what, what they need to do and the expectation. Maybe it's internally that I need to tell you this is what I expect of you. From now on, we're going to have this conversation. But if that happens again, then we might have to go a different way. And I love that, how you drew that up. It's respect for people's existence, right? Because it's looking internal first, like you just said, Davis. You nailed right. it. Right. And so transitioning here, kind of continue to stay on that respect for people. You mentioned the Skilled Trades Alliance. I've been noticing some of the things on LinkedIn. Tell me about the Skilled Trades Alliance, what you're doing there. Absolutely. Appreciate the tea up there. Um, so there are so many awesome and amazing people that are doing workforce, you know, development things and driving people towards the skilled trades. And, and we're simply just highlighting those. We're just connecting folks, right? So, so we've got, it, it came through uh, the South Carolina Department of Commerce. And I sit on, you know, I've always been very vocal. Not, you wouldn't guess that, would you? Uh, but I, I am not a fan of how our school systems operate in South Carolina. And I, you know, we, we teach to uh, test and we don't teach people to think. And that's a huge problem. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so me being me, I, I, let's go do something about it. Right. So, uh, so I've sit on a, it's called the recap, the regional education center for advisory board. And so we're connecting industry and the Greenville County schools. This is a, a local thing. It's a appointed position by the government, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, we, we initially started as the Building and Construction Skilled Trades Alliance. And so we were just going into schools and getting kids fired up about skilled trades, like just educating them on what it was. And then we realized like, holy cow, there's really nothing in South Carolina that, hey, we need to take this. So then we changed to the South Carolina Skilled Trades Alliance. And, and then we were like, man, there's nothing nationwide, like connecting everybody and trying to like build a network. And so why don't we just cut the South Carolina and just call it Skilled Trades Alliance? And so that's what we did. And so we've been meeting since May of 2019. Um, we've got a board member of six or seven people now. We're, we're growing from that perspective. I'm, I'm so proud to say that I am the only middle-aged white man on the whole thing. So Jesse's a part. Jesse's in uh, Jay Blankenship, you know, there's three or four uh, women, Christy Powell with 84 Lumber, Mary Allison uh, Chauvin with Langston, um, uh, Chris Zelda, uh, and, and Elizabeth, like some amazing folks. And, and so we are, you know, we've got NCCR involved, Greenville Tech and Clemson. Like we're going down, we're, we're teaching, you know, still taking our, our templates and, and doing activities with, you know, the 365 tier model. So we've got K to four, five, you know, middle school, high school, college, doctorate, pre, uh, reentry programs, disabilities, veterans, like homeless pilot. Like we are working with tip hundred historically underserved communities to help them understand what life is like in the skilled trades to be able to, I mean, it's the only industry that you can take and have a bucket of tools and a brain and go own your own company. And so these are opportunities that, you know, some folks who have been underserved in the past need to be made more aware of so that they can take advantage of it. So, you know, we, we're doing things like trade talk Tuesdays on clubhouse. We had just had a summit where we got folks together to talk about the barriers to employment for reentry folks, for veterans and how similar that is. And, and you know, we're, we're just you know, 
doing so many amazing things and connecting. You know, we got a monthly podcast coming. September 7th is going to be the first one where go. each each month we're going to highlight an amazing program like bring like Steve Turner and bring back the trades out of New Hampshire. He is amazing. If you haven't been to bring back the trades, like go check out what he's doing. He's giving away scholarships. He's encouraging people to join the trades. He's got some amazing, like cool hoodies. He's got hats like rock. The trades is another one out of San Francisco, the Bay area. Those guys like Chris is amazing. Uh, I told you about Ray Terry. He's got his radio show. Um, uh, you know, Jesse's in, uh, what is it? The uh, Texas Careers in Construction. Uh, like, there are so many amazing things going on nationwide. That you know, there, there's construction ready out of Georgia. I mean, I could go on. There, the the South Carolina Be Pro Be Proud bus, which we totally ripped off and stole from Arkansas, who create. Like, we are doing so many amazing things. I'm hosting a panel for Clemson's Construction Symposium, where we're we're challenging AGC, ABC, and NAHB. And we're going to hit them with some hard questions on wow. why are you not working together and why are wow. we not, you know, driving in one direction to support the skill trade. So, sorry, I, I can really go off the deep end. Oh, you get fired up. Yeah, yeah man. I Woo. love awesome. that. What's that symposium going to be like? I mean, uh, that's one of the things that I, I think having that no pride thing, it's like having an AGC, general contractor, and then ABC, the skill trades. What, what's, what's the other one? How are you going to get all three of them together? So NAHB is the National National Association of Home Builders. There you go. Um, and I've got so I'm moderating a panel for those three on workforce development. That's awesome. Oh man. And we've been prepping, like I've had calls like with each of them months leading up to like, we're we're gonna nail it, knock it out of the park. We're gonna help the room realize that we are the problem, that we're gonna look internal, that we're gonna figure out how we can work together and we're gonna come up with some programs, some solutions that work when we're all rowing in the same direction and it's going to be magical and awesome. And yeah, STA is going to be one of that that drives that mission. So skilledtradesalliance.net if you want to hop on and learn more, come, come check us out, join it. That's awesome. I would love to to hear about that whenever that that happens, man. That's awesome. Let's go. October 14th. Adam, what's been your, what has been y'all's, I don't know if I want to call it success meter or measure, but what has been the kind of, turnout of going to these schools and speaking to, to these kids and Good question. Show, sharing with them about skilled trades, you know, kind of how have you seen that uh, just grow people in a way, I guess you could say, have you seen a lot of kids be like, man, I never thought about this. You know, that's something I really want to check out. hundred percent. We, we gain interest. Cool. You can imagine we create environments that are exciting and fun and engaging and I believe just it. electric. Right. And, and so I'll tell you, um, the, so my, the best example I have out of this, I was speaking to a room full of guidance counselors and uh, I mean, it was probably 150, 200. And, and I guess you're not supposed to call them guidance counselors. They're, they're um, I forget the correct term. Oh, they're going to be so mad at me. Uh, school right. advisors or school counselors. Anyway, sorry, sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> I was in the room and, and here I come, right? And it's so it's all on workforce and Nobody has any idea what I do. I'm dressed up in like a three-piece suit and I'm looking good, man. Like shoes are shine. Love it. Hair's done up and, and I've got my bag with me and bags kind of tucked behind and I get up and it's my turn. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, drills in there. Yeah. I was like, okay, what do I do for a living? And all the counselors are like, oh, you're a doctor or you're a lawyer mm. or a judge. And I was like, wow. no, 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 no. And then really like dramatically like kicked off my shoes and they pulled out my big old muddy boots and I put them on and then I put a vest on and I like all my PPE 
And then I just let the mood, like the room just sit there and the mood shifted. And it was mm. like that, that kind of like, oh, he's a construction worker. Like he's the reason mm. I was almost late for this place today. And it, it was really powerful in the way that um, folks got it. They understood uh, like just because of the way somebody looks from a construction standpoint can really turn somebody off or think that they're not as smart. And, and so that, that, that's the thing that I think the people have taken the most out of it is like, wow, here is a person who is an intelligent human being who's operating a 3d model on his iPad and showing me the building. You know, they, they can tell me about the mechanical systems and the electrical systems and how they communicate together. And, and you know, whether this wall is going to breathe or sweat or like external expansion, like, wow, it's not right. just like taking a hammer and a nail and like, Boom. Ooh, I hit on that like ooh, that hurt like don't do that it's it's deeper than that and so i think that's the biggest takeaway folks get is like they they get a full understanding for what the skilled trades are and and a and an understanding that society doesn't operate without us and i mentioned that right yeah and it's crazy to think that that for so long the the whole the whole point about society doesn't operate without us like Literally, we wouldn't have anything if we didn't have the respect for builders. If we actually respected these guys and gave these skilled trades men and women the tools to to have respect and just give them a, a better way to, to work. That man, you understand some of the projects we would kill if we if we gave gave them the respect. Just give them respect. Just give them respect. And, so, and it starts I mean, internal, right? Like that's, that's right. That's you right got to get you right. That's right. And I, that that goes back to a good point. You got me on another thing now. Is that kind of like you said, just kind of flowing with it, going with the conversation. Is going back to one of our podcasts with Nick Chapelo. He talked about there's four things that people do in construction. It's quality, safety, schedule, and the last one's relationships. If you don't do the last one well, the other three don't work. But the last one is hugely about you. It's usually about your own heart. If you don't get that one right, then the other three just aren't going to matter. And you're just like, man, you know, when he first said that, I mean, it changed me. It was like, a, it, was a, it was a big thing to think about because I remember a time, you know, kind of opening up here where I was an intern and, you know, thought I had everything figured out. Like, I, I'm going to know about construction. And I was just a hothead and I didn't understand why guys weren't doing something. I didn't realize why I wasn't making great relationships. And then, Oh, okay. Davis, someone, someone came to me. He's like, Davis, you know, if you didn't maybe get so mad at everybody or yell or think that you knew the answer, like things would work out and you would figure out that really, if you want to work together as a team and get this project done, you're going to need these people around you. And it's just like, all right, that, that changed my perspective. So there's a, there's a book Jason Schroeder turned me on to not long ago called the go-giver. Go-giver. Yeah. I heard yeah. That what an amazing book of just like exactly what you said, like, you know, just giving it, like giving yourself and, but first looking internal and then just giving, like giving, giving, giving it and how it goes around. So that, that that's, that's awesome because I, I can't remember our last part. We just put it out part one this past Monday. So part two is coming out the next Monday, Adam, but I remember looking at, you know, what I'm writing down from you, but from him, it was like 10 books. That guy just reads. Oh, yeah. Like he a loves books on my notes. And he challenged us, man, a book a week. Yeah, I roll two books a week. I'm the same way, man. I love it. I, I freaking, like, I just, yeah. I 
Jason and I go back and forth with books all day long. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, if you need, let me know. I, I sometimes it can be annoying, so I try to curb that a little. Like, oh, you should read more. Like, Radical Candor is awesome, or Scaling Excellence, or whatever. Like, so I try to like curb it back because I've had some direct feedback where like, dude, like, calm down with the reading stuff. And so, <laughs> Walker, you and I need to get on that accountability about us reading books because that's the next yeah, step. We, Two books. It's audible. Week. It's that's all audible. Awesome. It's not that's reading. Awesome. Uh, okay, there you go. Listening. Well, we'll, we'll kind of shifting. I know we're getting we're wiping, wrapping up, but you know the one one question I like to ask that isn't as good as Walker's, but I love to ask it is: What are some qualities that a young person or a new person, if they're coming to construction, what are some qualities they should have if they're coming into the industry? Thick skin. <clears throat> um, that's a good one. Uh, so. Man, that's a really good question. I, so it, the things I look for when I'm hiring somebody, how about we go there? I, I look for somebody who is typically like the best of the best at what they do. So I, I could put like a tennis racket in their hand and they're going to go be pretty good at tennis mm-hmm. or we could be playing chess or checkers or, you know, I could I could teach them um, whatever it is and they're going to pick it up pretty quick. Uh, so that's one is just like this, this attention to detail and able to like pick something up on my own. Um, the second one is, uh, you know, being the hardest worker around, like just the work ethic that is bring your a game, like be willing to be the hardest worker around, are you going to show up at six and leave at six if that's what it takes. Right. I mean, um, cause a lot of the, a lot of, you know, being a lot of it is just being on the job, especially being in the trailer and the field trailer, like field office early, you know, being out there walking the job when the guys and gals aren't there working and progressing it so you can get a feel for the current state. And uh, so just that work ethic, right? So so it's the best of the best and having that work ethic. And then most important, like just respectful people, like just bring your true self, your authentic self and, and be willing to learn from somebody. And, and I mean, the, with those three things, you can absolutely build and YouTube, you can absolutely build anything in this YouTube world. University. Amen. I heard that. I can't tell you how many times I've built something off of YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is the best place ever. I'm telling you. I like that question that Davis asked. That's, that's a fantastic one. We, uh, we're getting close to time. So the next question that we're talking about, I hope this one stumps you too. Uh, actually, side note, I asked this uh, in one of the interviews I had earlier this week to one of the guys. Really? And yeah, no. And he's like, man, I didn't know I was getting interviewed. <laughs> he's like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to text you because i don't know the answer to that i have about eight answers to it but that's awesome you know you you said you're 37 and so you've been around you've done it seems like like a lot of the guests we have on here apparently they've just done everything in the book i mean so got a lot week, to learn yeah it's, and we all do but you know it's like most of the guests we have are just like you go out and get it go do it you know if it, i'm gonna go figure it out and so you've had a ton of experience in your life so what is something if you could go back, if you could, if you could time travel, go back to your 20 year old self with the knowledge that you know now, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> Respect your body. <clears throat> you only get one, right? Yeah. And, and uh, not just your body, but your mind. Like I didn't understand what reading could do for me until my life was threatened. Uh, and I, you know, discovering lean, like, so for what that's where I, I say, I saw the look you just had walk. I had a kidney yeah, transplant man. seven wow. years ago. Uh, I was on kidney dialysis for a year and a half. It was terrible, mm-hmm. awful, miserable. Um, yeah. And that was like right in the heart of my career too. Right. But thankfully Whiting Turner continued to allow me to build. 
I took care of myself at home every night. And, uh, and anyway, so yeah, take care of your body. You've only got one and read more because, um, man, like the last seven years, like since I've had that kidney transplant, I have just read and read and read and the amount of concepts and ideas that are in my head. and, And it's not, you know, it's not like the, the process of how to, but it's like, being able to recognize in real time in a situation what that situation needs for 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 all parties to be successful and that comes through like having all of these different like patrick lencioni seeds all over my head there you go just like it's um it's really hard to explain but um read more and respect your body because i you know through college i got done playing football i was like man we're having fun we're partying we're going all in hardcore and we did and then you know seven years later it's like you know, you're about to die so we went hard <laughs> that's that is the first time we've heard that one i love it because every week we get something different seriously i don't we maybe had one person say something similar but other than that it's like something completely different every week that's the first time we heard that that's awesome i think that's a fantastic point but Adam, dude, we I, we've had a blast. Thank you so much for coming on here. We really appreciate it, giving us Thank your time you, a little bit. Excited to hear about how this trades conversation goes. Me too. Uh, keep us updated on that. But man, thank you. Thank you. This was awesome, Walker Davis. I, I had a blast. I told you it would be gone before we knew it. Like just That's right. the, the intense dialogue, man. I, I feel like we got to do this again. This was too yes, much. Yes, sir. Fun. Heck yeah. We'll do it. We'll plan it. We'll have a part two of the just flowing with the conversation. Hey, we'll get a we'll get a long one with Jesse and you and Jason. And Jason. We'll get, we'll get and a Jennifer whole. Uh, Lacey. That's in Jen. Yeah, and Jen. We'll get all a whole group of all. We've got. Uh, we call ourselves the chain, the construction change makers. We've got a little uh, pod on LinkedIn where we all kind of support each other. Hey, Felipe, it. have you met Felipe? No, but well? I need to get. I need to get his contact info. Yeah, he's he's a good one to get a hold of, and Spencer Easton too. Like Spencer's. Uh, from a tact planning perspective, uh, you got to know Spencer. He's he's just hands down amazing. And okay. um, yeah, and Juan Sagatume. Juan, like you got to right. know Juan with DPR. He's a cool guy. Like yeah, there's a whole cast of us that uh, you got to bring us all on at once. It might get a little overwhelming though. I got to warn you. <laughs> we'll do <laughs> like awesome. parts. We'll do like five parts to it and just <laughs> keep on throwing them out. <laughs> you could right. do us all individually, independent, and then maybe see if you really want to get us all on the one. That'd time. be fun. We can do our own little symposium with us. We'll be the panel. That'd be pretty cool. Let's do it. We got an idea. You're an idea genius. I love it. Adam, I I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us with the Lane Foundations podcast. Appreciate you, Davis. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, It genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have 
uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But, guys, we just want to put this out there. And however you want to get in contact with us, we're, we're, we're imploring you, please, just reach out to us. We'll respond. We'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your feedback.